Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Welcome to Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. I'm Ed. Hey, Ed. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. We record on Mondays at 11 a.m., although this morning we're getting a little bit of a late start because we had some technical difficulties, but we're going to we're gonna try our best here. It's all about trying to get you guys the best, uh, the best quality. So let's dive right in. Ed, we have been talking about in worship, we've been talking about adaptive leadership. Um, yes, that was a new, a new phrase to me. Can you, hmm. can you tell us a little bit about how that came about and what, what led you to us exploring that in October? Sure. Well, my guess is that uh, since the beginning of March, we've heard the word change about eight trillion times a month. Yeah. And I mean, it's everywhere. And people are talking about how to pivot and how to adjust. And so I think during the course of the last 10 months, we've been hearing more and more about adaptive leadership, which means how does an organization adapt itself to a changing environment and take some of its traditional practices and reformulate them for a new day? So this has been really important for the church because there's so much that we do that depends on person-to-person contact. That can't happen. There's so much that we do that depends on gathering people together. We can't do that, you know, in physical spaces. So we are just being bombarded with the word change and the reality of change. And so adaptive leadership is about how to manage that so that we're not overwhelmed, so that we don't entirely lose our sense of humor and perspective through all of this, and so that we can still be a force for good. So that's that's where we've been talking about adaptive leadership. And when our our worship committee uh, started meeting earlier in the year to talk about what kinds of themes could we lift up that would be of relevance to our listeners, adaptive leadership went right to the top of the list. That's so interesting, yeah, because we talk a lot about being a new normal or what is normal. And then I feel like there's been different phases of of this pandemic. (laughs) There was the like, we're all going to better ourselves. We're going to get out of this better than we were. We're going to be slimmer. We're going to know how to bake bread. We're going to know how to do this, 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 this. And then I think we all got a little weary of that. And then yeah. I feel like we're kind of entering a new, a new phase of that. So yeah. how can we, as we're sort of looking towards this being longer than we probably expected, um, mm-hmm. how can we make good use of this time? Well, you know, I had, uh, I've been having some conversations with other colleagues and with some some folks who are working in the church consultant world. So churches are reaching out for help because we're all, you know, trying to figure this out together. One of the phrases we're hearing a lot is we're all in this together, right? So we're, we're trying to see what that actually looks like. Um, I think this is a time to take a little bit of a spiritual audit mm-hmm. and look at everything that we do, for example, in our lives, in our congregations, and ask the question, so what isn't going to work for us right now? And be courageous enough and humble enough to say, we're going to let go of that right now. That's just not something we can do. We're not going to do the lobster bake in you know, July or June or whatever it is. That's something that's just not going to be part of who we are. What is absolutely essential to our mission? So that's what I mean when I talk about a spiritual audit. I think we could do that as persons as well. You know, is there something that we are drawn to do that helps us to gain a deeper communion with God or to feel that communion? 
those are the things that we can really stay close to these days. And uh, so it's actually, for me, a, a time to kind of step back. Robert Frost, the great poet, used to say, there's a huge difference between retreat and escape. So we don't want to escape right now, but we do want to retreat and, uh, you know, just really see if we can get a, some perspective on things. And if I might mention something that I spoke about during the service of worship this past Sunday, I've always been inspired by a minister who served in the First Congregational Church in Hopkinton, New Hampshire. This was back in the early part of the 1900s. Apparently, he was quite a character. His name was Lucian Kimball. His congregation called him Revolution Kimball. He had just so many great ideas. Great but name. he was a man in the early part of the 1900s who bought a 35-room house because he recognized that even in the early 1900s, he said people are living at a frenetic pace. I mean, if only he knew. So he wanted right to reach out to people in Boston, New York, Chicago, and say, come up to New Hampshire. And he offered psychotherapeutic training, good food, clean air, wonderful view, and a chance for people to recalibrate. So if he was thinking that way back in 1909, imagine us, right, in 2020. But it can be that time to retreat, step back. That's so interesting. And and I was uh, something to what you were saying about, we were having a conversation the other day about what this time really focusing us, our hearts on what we really need mm-hmm. and what our emotions, emotional needs are and what our spiritual needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's besides the obvious stuff, but that idea that, you know, for me, it's been, um, you know, I think it's the, the time with the time with friends and those, those social connections and that like real meaningful conversation mm-hmm. that I easily took for granted before, because it was like, Oh, I'll, I'll see them next week or I'll do that next week or, sure. or whatever, or, you know, the beauty of nature. I can't tell you the, the, the mm-hmm. joy, a sunny day gives me. It's pretty awesome, <laughs> uh, isn't it? It's pr- amazing. And like, I'm never, I think I've never been a particularly outdoorsy adult. I was probably an outdoorsy kid, but I wasn't a particularly outdoorsy adult. Most organists are this not. This is your own. time, Leslie. This is my time. <laughs> I like, I go outside now, yeah. <laughs> which sounds so silly, but at the same time, it's been such a wonderful thing to get outside and get fresh air and feel the sun on my face. I'm sure the, the kids at the school where I teach thought I was insane. But the other day it was like sunny and there was a light breeze. And to me, that's like my perfect weather. And I mm-hmm. stood on the sidewalk in the sun and just like stood there like this oh. with my eyes closed for just a second. Cause it was just, basking. That, it was, I was basking in the, the beauty of nature and it, it, I felt no guilt or shame or anything. I was just having a great time. Keep <laughs> doing it. But I feel like that's, I can't, I don't feel like I'm not the only one in that, you know, I think we're all finding those real, like deep, meaningful connection moments and those deep, like what really brings us joy versus what just sort of takes our time, yeah. you know, and the things that the the work that we do that gives us fulfillment and meaning, you know, right. is even more so now than ever. Um, so with so much that has changed, what what do you think has actually stayed the same? Because that feels like a very mm. short list to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a wonderful question. What has not changed? I think I think we've been riding this train for the last 10 months where 
again, change is being shouted at us, you know, from every corner. And I hear people say from time to time, there are certain things that we're never going to go back to. That may be true, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we know that. Right now, there's a lot that we don't know. And part of what it means to be settled in this time is to be a lot more comfortable with what we don't know. And that's not necessarily our great strength. We, are, we tend to be a controlling people who like to map out the future in advance with a lot of detail. And that's not something that we can do right now. However, the things that don't change, you know, you've mentioned one, Leslie, and I think that is the cultivation and nurture of friendships. People have found some very inventive ways of doing that with physical distancing. Um, and I think that 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 is such a huge thing because we know that social contact really creates good health physically, mentally, spiritually. So that's not that's not changing. Um, our ability to go to worship is not what it was before in terms of a physical space. You know, to be part of a gathered community, singing the hymns and praying the prayers in the way that we've used to. However. We started an outdoor worship service back at the end of June. We kept it going until the end of September. Now we have moved indoors. We're following all the protocols, but people are, are worshiping still and worshiping online. So I see that as, as being so critical. Uh, just one thought when you mentioned the word joy, there's an old prayer that actually I think is in the Church of Scotland Book of Prayer. And uh, it says, forgive us, O God, for we have not set our hearts where true joy may be found. And I really love that phrase. Where is true joy for us? Where, where can it be found? That, that hasn't necessarily changed for us either. Uh, I was just thinking about this recently because I watched uh, the newest, most recent Tom Hanks movie called Greyhound. Mm -hmm. He's the captain of a naval destroyer that's accompanying a convoy of ships that's headed over to the UK, United Kingdom, during the Second World War. It's a very dangerous job. But he has on his mirror in his cabin where he shaves this little tiny card. And it says, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And this is his anchor, so to speak, as a naval officer. He keeps returning to this theme. And so even though he's living in horrible circumstances, so much pressure on him, so much at stake, this sameness of that relationship with the life and the energy and the hope that he finds in his relationship with Jesus, which he brings on board with him, that doesn't change. And I think it's really a great question you've asked and a good question for each of us to ponder. So what are the things that haven't really altered much since the beginning of the global pandemic. Are they giving us joy? And if they are, how can we do more of that? I think that's so true. And I think we as a church can, we're such a great community. I think, I mean, I think one of the huge strengths of our, of our community is our connection with each other and our genuine care and love for each other. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think, I think that those, you know, that's the best of us. Mm. And I think we as, and, and you as our, our leader, um, have really shown a, a tremendous like endurance and, mm. and fortitude. And, and I always am so 
grateful to work with you because of your, you, you bring joy to everything you do, or at least <laughs> it seems like it. And I'll take that. <laughs> it starts off good, strong early in the week and we often interact <laughs> then. So that you're seeing the best of me. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I've seen you later in the week too, and you're pretty great then. Okay. I, you know, and I appreciate just, that. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, it's just, it's such an interesting, because, you know, I think about how we as individuals are dealing with this and then, mm -hmm. and then leaders like yourself um, and so many other people have to transition from, okay, helping myself and getting myself through this, which sometimes feels like a Herculean task. And right. then how do I be a leader in this situation? Mm -hmm. um, and, and. And it's that book again, how to lead when you don't know where you're going. You got it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that should be the subtitle of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Might be uh, a permanent subtitle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I think of a story. Uh, well, I suppose it's because it's still fresh in my mind, but I just love this story of uh, that's told about Jesus in this moment of his life when he's going out to recruit some disciples. Now, he's looking for some friends. He's uh, maybe he spent a little socially distanced himself for a variety of reasons. So he needs it. He needs his you know companions. So he goes shows up at a lake where there's it's large enough for there to be a little fishing industry there. And he shows up at the beach and it's not a very happy, happy time for the campers there because the fishermen have just come off the lake after fishing all night and they came up with zip. And so Jesus says to one of the well, you know, you mind if I use your boat? Um, I need it. I need it to, to it's going to become my pulpit. So talk about pivoting, right? <laughs> he, he's not going to use an indoor pulpit. He wants to go outside because people like the way he talks. They like what he's saying. They're intrigued by him. So he, he plays to that. And while he's out there, he says to this poor fisherman, he's like, who's beat after being out all night. Hey, let's go back out. Let's, let's put your net out again, but let's go out into deeper water. And this Fisherman must be saying, are you kidding me? And I'm absolutely done. Just let me be. But he says, but because you ask me to, I'll do it. And he goes, and of course, the story is he goes out and they nearly catch so many fish that the ship nearly sinks. This is the boat nearly sinks. Not, not exactly what we want out of a successful story. But I love it because even though Jesus recognizes that they're, they're pretty fatigued, he still encourages them to go out into deeper water. He doesn't always do that. You know, he's also, he also says at one time, come, to, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So it's not like he's constantly pushing at people. But there are times when he does. And I think he respects the fact that within us, there is a resilience and strength that's always there. There is something in us that is always undamaged, unbroken. And that is that spirit is always present. And that's what he taps into so often. And that's why people, you know, will sometimes in his in, in their interactions with him will say, you know, oh my gosh, I'm healed now. And he'll say, your faith has made you well. So we have that within us. And thank God that even if it's like really annoying, we feel this inner stirring every once in a while. I'm glad you're smiling at this <laughs> to, to go out into those deeper waters. And I think that's how we navigate the situation that you described so well of being responsible for our own journeys 
And then also sometimes, as you are, as a director of music, and as you are as a teacher, here you've got people looking to you for strength. And you may be wondering where you're going to be getting it. There's that other voice that's saying there's, there's more light here than you'll ever use. And uh, that's the thing that I try to keep in mind from day to day. I think we have to respect our limitations, but there's, a, there's an extraordinary strength about people. And uh, I think all the great religious traditions try to honor and tap into that strength. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned being, being a teacher as I'm a private piano teacher. I have found, I have just been so impressed and inspired by the kids that I teach oh, good. by their just sheer resiliency. Yeah. You know, I thought there yeah. would be lots of like, Oh, I don't want uh, to, can I take my mask off? Uh, and I right. could completely understand if they are, and they sure. are, I feel like that sometimes, you know, I take sure. my mask off. I'm like, Oh, you know, it just feels <laughs> great. Take a little mask break. I could totally understand that, mm-hmm. but they are just, in the words of one of my favorite signs, they are keeping calm and they are carrying on, you know, they're just yeah. like, all right, well, we're doing this. Then they're happy to be in school and they're happy to see their friends. And so they're doing what is necessary to stay safe. And I'm just, I find so much inspiration from them. So we just, we keep on with our lessons and so far they're having a good time. I, I think, I hope yeah. um, it's been, it's been interesting. I actually am, um, been teaching a little bit differently. Um, mm-hmm. I have a couple students who haven't, I think, ever played a piano before. You know, mm-hmm. you know, in Greenwich, so you can, as you can imagine, there's a lot of families that sort of have pianos in their houses, or they have keyboards, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the kids have been exposed to it. And I have a couple that I think have never done it. And all they want to do is just play, 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 play. They want to hear how the sounds come together and how mm-hmm. they do that. And normally I would be like, well, we have to do our lesson. So it's lesson time. So we will like go through our progress. And I've started either at the beginning or the end of the lesson, giving them like two minutes just to make sounds. Mm-hmm. And I've never done that before. And it's, uh, it's so simple, but they just love it. They love just like sitting down, hearing how the sounds go together and how black keys sound different than white keys and how the high sounds and the low sounds mix together. And they're like little sound scientists, oh, like that's hearing lovely. how these things mix. And it's so fun just yeah. to watch them and like watch them figure it out a little bit. And I feel they're like- They're making small experiments. Small experiments. I heard, uh, I, I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not going to even try, but Neil deGrasse Tyson- uh, has a big reference to children, and as they play, they're being little scientists. They're you know seeing how what when water mm. interacts with dirt and becomes mud, and they're they're learning about the world around them. And mm-hmm. that has stuck with me so much as uh, letting kids be kids and discover their world. Yeah, uh, is such a cool and powerful thing. So I've been very inspired by that this year, and I think I'm a little more. Uh, relaxed <laughs> in a few minutes of my lesson, which is probably <laughs> everyone will win when <laughs> I'm a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> you know, um, I was watching one of uh, like thousands of videos, I've, uh, YouTube videos about tennis, of course, you know, this obsession that I have. And I was watching one teacher in particular went to take lessons himself. He said, well, during the pandemic, I think I'll, I'll get some improvement as well. And he filmed himself doing that. And during the very first lesson, he was he was kind of showing how he plays to the teacher. And the teacher was standing there with his arms folded and just watching him. 
And uh, so this, this teacher, whose name is Peter, looked at the coach and he said, so what do you think? He said, I've got three suggestions for you. Relax, relax, relax. <laughs> and I think that that's so critical. You know, what you're talking about is just kind of let some of that normal structure go, see what fills the space. And I'm thinking about so many people who are having to navigate the pandemic in such challenging circumstances, you know, tiny apartments in cities or maybe cut off and isolated in some parts of the country and not able to get at least a little bit of social closeness. So part of what we have to do even in those situations is, is try at first to get our own center and help our spirits to be as supple as possible because it's the only way that many people can manage being in these very confining situations. And so if we can all kind of keep that, that spirit that you're bringing to your teaching, let's just kind of let that go a little bit, you know, at the beginning, see where it goes, let the small experiments happen and see what, see what takes place. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause I feel like, you know, so much changed so quickly in March that yes. I felt like, well, this is, you know, well, everything's different. Everything mm -hmm. has changed. Mm -hmm. And then now that, you know, now that I'm back in the classroom, you know, there's all those micro, those micro adjustments and those micro changes that, that, you know, could be silver linings, you know, yes, which are really interesting and, you know, definitely learning, um, a learning experience. I, I learn more from these kids than they'll ever learn from me, I'm sure. And especially as a, I'm a fairly newer teacher, you know, I'm not like, I don't have decades in the classroom, like a lot of my colleagues do. Mm -hmm. So it's been, uh, it's been really, really an interesting journey to go on and, and an interesting journey, of course, to go on as a music director about how do I, you know, how do I work with my amazing colleagues and how do we create musical opportunities for right. our choir members who can't sing together right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're all, we're all, well, like you said, we're doing our best and we're trying to, to reach out to others in that way. Yeah. Bringing music into our lives, Leslie, you're, you know, you're gifted at that. And that's so important if we can't sing at this time, or at least not sing in public, which in my case is a good thing. That's a plus. <laughs> so, you know, there's an advantage, but, you know, to be able to actually still listen to music and absorb it, be fed by it, inspired by it, that's something we must not lose. And these are the things that 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 hasn't changed that need for that and i think our you know exposure to that no matter where we are right now in this global pandemic we all i think need that gift of spirit and music and of words and thoughts that you know continue to inspire us to think about what the world can be as we make our way through it absolutely well thank you for taking this time with me today ed thank you leslie it's a pleasure so as always Oh, absolutely. For those who are listening to it on the week of the 18th, do you want to tell them a little bit about what's coming up with Jim Antal? Yeah, we have a very exciting uh, program that's coming up this weekend. We'll be having uh, the Reverend Jim Antal will be recording a service for our online worship service that will be available on our YouTube channel uh, this Sunday at 10 o'clock. And then something very exciting to follow that, which is a live stream conversation with Jim. Uh, he's the author of a book called Climate Church, Climate World. I should have said that at the outset. And he's one of our form, foremost environmental activists as a person of faith. And he's challenging persons of faith at this time. Here we are, right? Talk about deeper waters to come out into the deeper waters and to respond to the 
the th threat of climate change, even as we're in the midst of a global pandemic. So we're fortunate that he's going to record for us uh, a message that we'll have as our online service, and then he'll be available at five o'clock p.m. this coming Sunday, and um, so that we can interact with him. And uh, really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be really great to have a have a live conversation with people. And 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 if you want to attend, the information will be on our website, and you'll be able to ask questions of both Ed and Jim. Uh, that evening. So we hope you all will attend. Or if you haven't, uh, if you're watching this or listening to this later, you can always catch it on our YouTube channel, Roundhill Media. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Leslie. Thanks for listening. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundhill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillcommunitychurch.org.